rolling. Restart. Reboot. Restart, restart that restart. last word restart. I said. Let's try to recite. Like, Jim playing the piano here. <laughs> like a western. That'd be dope. Some nice, some nice chill piano playing. When Jim plays the piano, it's like, it's just Bye, amazing. Scott. Okay, wait, hold on. It's like a recital. We're good to go. So welcome to This Is Not A Green Room. Back in the poker room today. Take two. Take two. We had a little tef- technical difficulties the first time. Technically, it's the executive suite, but I like poker Executive room. suite, like poker, poker room, room whatever. Like poker room. Just want everyone to know that we had probably the best six minutes opening podcast ever, and it didn't record. So It's okay. We're going to make a better six minutes. <sighs> we have Nico White with us here today. Good to be here. Finally. You know one of the my, no, <laughs> faves no. at New York Comedy Club. And you are one of my faves. And Nick, I would just like to say again how in shape you are. Thank you. you know I, mean? <laughs> I know how to take it this time. Wait, wait, Nico. Great, huh? It's not Nick. It's the Macho Man who's in shape. Ah, yeah, you're that is at, a Macho Man, Randy Savage Savage shirt. Man shirt. I'm wearing a Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> and, and it's black and it's slimming, but it doesn't even need to be because Nick's stomach has never never been flattered before. I, Jesus That Christ, might be Nico. true, but Damn, it's not a compliment. Fucking nah, because y'all didn't hear the opening six minutes where I got shat upon for uh, having too much fun on my birthday and missing it the first time. So I was Nick, supposed to be on Nick the podcast. come back strong. Yeah, no, come back that. Two weeks ago? come back strong. Because it was supposed to be two weeks ago, right? And I felt, because I felt really bad because when I went to sleep, my phone died, right? And because I was so drunk, I didn't put it on the charger. I completely forgot. And when I woke up, it was like, one or two o'clock the next day the day i was supposed to be here so i plug it in and i see i got like missed messages from you i got missed messages from nick and i felt so bad and then i was supposed to come like the week after that mm-hmm. and i had to go out to chicago for something but finally finally i got Hallelujah. to make it i You're got here. to make it the honor is all mine thank you all <laughs> for being patient in nico's defense Nico, when Scott and I used to run the Empire, do you guys know there was an Empire Tonight podcast? Before yeah. We, before we actually was running the club, mm-hmm. Scott and I had a podcast that we used to run out when of was, his. What year was this? This was back in 20, uh, 2011, 2012. 2012. 2012, maybe 2013. Before podcast This was at his other studio that you remember, which we will not talk about things that happened in that studio. <laughs> but the very first guest we had on that was Nico and Kate. And Kate Wolf. Wow. And it's a very, it's kind of like, an, it's a very, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? But it's, it's a full circle. No, no, but it's a very, uh, the podcast, it's almost like this little, there was like 14 episodes. Mm-hmm. It was really good. We had some really good people on. We had Al Martin on. We, we had Chris oh, Stefano on. We had Mike Cannon on. We had uh, uh, John Laster on, Mark DeMeo. Wow. And it definitely has like this very like archive type of feel to it out there. Yeah, but uh, but Nico was the, the first one. I remember the episode me and Kate did, and it was um I I was still just getting like Dark Caesars and all that shit, and Kate <laughs> Kate was still um like this is before she got into like the Stones and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, you know it's I mean? when Kate was still Kate. Yeah, <laughs> well, she, she's the guy of spirit now, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what you call it. She yeah. has that tattooed on her arm now. Okay. Yeah, now she's a yeah. dragon sorceress. So this is when Kate was still just Kate. Dragon sorceress. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. 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 Shout out to the dragon sorceress. Yeah. This is Emilio, by the way. Fire forever and ever. <laughs> I didn't get an introduction. This is Emilio. Thank you. Everyone. Oh yes, uh, this is Emilio uh, Savone. Sorry, repeat. He did such a good job last week with we Alex. We had Bavone. to have him back. They allowed me to be back. The, the people demanded it. They wanted it. All both, eight. Both of them. Said, All eight. We want Emilio back. We, on we want him the show. back. Nothing would make yeah. me happier than after this to get y'all. All up to 11. Nothing. Yes, we're getting there. <laughs> get we're at 11. 11. We need to get up to 13. We, we need the Nico White bump. That's I got you. Got you I'm gonna get what? Watch and see. I'm gonna make well, sure I've been persistent. Why are you trying to Nico? downgrade our listeners? We have way more. Fine, than that. we have 17. Nico. <laughs> yes. Sir. Um. So you were just bad. You just mentioned you were in Chicago. Why don't you tell the people what you're in Chicago for? So when I went to Chicago, I went to do a TV show for True TV that they call Laugh Tracks, and it was a dope. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Did he just hit you in the face? We got oyster crackers. Scott Yo. just walked in here and just threw crackers at Nick's face. It was the most- My oyster crackers this have arrived. Moments when I wish we were recording live no. and Yo. had for you too. Uh, fuck what I was doing in Chicago. I wasn't having <laughs> oyster crackers thrown in my face. But no, I went out there to do um, a TV show called Laugh Mobs Laugh Tracks. And it was dope, man. I got to go up at Laugh Factory and I hadn't done the club. I reached out to Curtis and... That set was one of those sets where, like, I wish I recorded 
because not not even to share, just to have in the archive somewhere. Did you ask them? Sometimes clubs will do that. Yeah, but they he said they usually would record, but because people were running their sets for the show, he turned the uh, Okay. So, of course, it was an amazing set, but I can't get it back. But then the taping was dope, and it was good to be around that much black energy. Because mm. that show is a lot of comedians that, like, you guys might not get to see all the time, and I don't get to see all the time. But it felt like a barbecue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was just dope to be around. That's cool. I miss that. Yeah. You know. And how is Chicago as a city? I mean, how do you? I, I mean, look, I asked this at Pavone when he was here about Canada. I tend to always ask comedy questions, but um, <laughs> I know you guys don't like talking comedy on this podcast, but I do. No, but uh, no, we just wh- don't what, like talking basketball. That's true. We're gonna get into that, Ken. What's what's the scene like in Chicago? The scene is dope. They have a good amount of like young comedians that are moving up, and then you got so many comedians that left Chicago that are coming back doing the victory laps. So you got a lot of folks that left Chicago yeah, that left Chicago to come to New York. You got the guys that had the Knitting Factory. You got the people that have the Comedians You Should Know show. And then you got the people that are going to L.A. You got the guys that are super big like Hannibal. But it's focused them in a good way to where you have a good amount of clubs. If you did like Zanies and stuff like that, you could do that. If you're an improv person, they have all the improv shit you could ever need. And then you got the spots like the Laugh Factory where they'll groom you. If you're doing showcase sets, you get to build that showcase set. And then when it's time to feature, you got clubs like Zanies that you can go to. You have the, they got another headlining club out there, but I don't know the name off. Is it uh, not Up, right? No, the, not Up. Okay. Up, I think it's improv, but there's another one. The Comedy Bar, Okay, I think is what it's called. And if I'm mistaken... Uh, Chicago comics just correct me but I love the scene it was just good to remember I was telling Richard this in the car it was good to learn that I'm handsome you know what I'm saying like cause like in New York I do fine but I'm not getting like ain't no woman walking up to me and complimenting me but in Chicago oh yeah I got a little is it, bit is it after a show or like just in random no just in, it, it didn't even happen after the shows it would happen like when I was going to get something to eat okay. when I was walking back to the hotel and mind you I was dressed ridiculously cause they gave me a robe <laughs> at the hotel and I don't have a robe, and I love robes. So I was walking around the streets of Chicago no, in you a white. Yes, Get I- that hell out of the robe. <laughs> yeah. Tell me you had a cigar in the mouth. Oh, I didn't have a cigar in my mouth, but I had like three cigars. <laughs> they got they got cigar lounges out there that are nice. They're a little one because it felt like a trap house. The shit that I went into because it was upstairs. There was like five cable TVs, but it was only like me and three other niggas in it. And I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, okay, I'm sitting by the door. Because I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, bro, I'm paranoid as fuck. You know what I'm saying? And knowing what I know of Chicago's crime rate, yeah. fuck that. You know what you I love about Nico? Me. Nico is uh, a very, you know, he's he's a very, um, I don't want to say you're conservative, but I don't really view you as one of these comics that's getting out, getting blasted every night, no. or no. showing off. or he's got goals. But, or, or being very show-off-y or, or whatnot, but... Mm-hmm. But you do like to indulge. Every yeah. now and then, Nico will he'll let himself, he'll let the hair down. He'll walk yeah. around the streets with a robe. But I feel like that's how it should be, though. Yeah. No, totally. Walk like the Chicago fact that like, in his birthday, you know, he, he said he was out drinking and he woke oh. up hungover. Oh, let He's let... probably the only com- young comic when I hear say that. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you should be out drinking. Yo, oh my God. So Nico is showing us a video with him in walking around the streets of Chicago in a white robe. You are yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't playing. Ain't no games to be played. You know what I'm saying? That's fantastic. You know what's so funny, though? The fact that you didn't show up and we could, didn't. I was like, did Nico die? That's what people think. And it's like, that. I think that's a good thing, though. You know what I'm saying? Because you are very responsible. Right. It shows that I show up for work. Nico, this is a great video, but I think I know why the women were approaching you. (laughs) They they think you play point guard for the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Which I ain't gonna turn down, bro. Are you crazy? If someone's walking through and he, like he's all well groomed and everything, walking yeah. through with the aviators, he's peacocking at his finest. Yeah, that's exactly. Hey man, they gotta know. I'll get to stay at the uh, Sophie Suites or wherever they had us at, and I'll get robes with that type of thread count. That robe was so fucking. Cool. I'll tell you what, up. though, Nico. I, was I wanna... making fun of him about the thread count. No men know about thread count. I know, hey, about, thread I thread count. know about thread counts know out about here, thread right? Count. Men, you know, don't age. know about she thread count. Bougie Yeah, I will say this though. I'm bougie as hell. <laughs> I'd like to see Nico host roast battle with a robe on. See how that one. Goes. I would love to host roast battle with a robe on. If, if let me say something, if I could be as comfortable as I would like to be, I would show up in pajamas everywhere. But I there's a certain level of professionalism I feel like you need to have. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, oh, I would dress but so you, comfortable. I'm glad you said that because you know who's got it made? Hmm. Nurses. 
nurses. They walk so? around. They walk around in their OR scrubs, and everyone's just like, "Oh, that's that's acceptable. They're yeah. a nurse." Yeah. If I start walking around in sweatpants, they're like, "Put on some pants." But if they're OR scrubs, they're like, "Oh, that guy saves lives." So 360 be- days of the week, people are telling Nick to put on some pants. That's true. <laughs> well, if anybody I just knows know me, you walking around with no goddamn pants. <laughs> but I, don't, I don't like long pants. Have you seen my calf muscles? Why would I want to hide these things? Oh, right. Gotcha. Like your calf muscles are like that guy in the commercial that gets the implants in his calves. <laughs> a little bit. No. I, that was based no. off me. But a Laugh Factory was good because those guys, uh, Brian and Curtis, do a really great job. Laugh Factory was dope, man. It was, it was, so, it was so good. That it, that set went so well. I was like, okay, I have to forget about this now. Because sometimes you'll have those nights where it's like, oh, shit, I'm going to think I'm really good at this. And then you go up the next night and that crowd's like, yeah, take all that shit and put it in your pocket because we don't like nothing you just said. Now, Rachel, when you hear Laugh Factory, does it bring back nostalgia <laughs> for you? Do people know this? Our listeners know that you used to be the booker. Did you know this? She mm-hmm. was the booker of the Laugh Factory in New he York. Knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were some times, let me tell you. I told you about the story when, at the end of the night, because I was managing and booking at the same time, mm-hmm. and it was three shows consecutively at the same time. Because they had three rooms, times. right? Three rooms. And wasn't like one room, room like 500 people? Yeah. One room was like, was like, like 275, and then the other rooms were like like showcase room size rooms. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the night, I when I had to go give in the money, I would have to go because the strip club was down. Not the strip club. It was like the porn videos mm-hmm. and jerk off booths. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I would have to take a guard with me and walk through the jerk off booths to give in the money at the end of the night. So they'd money? be like, hey, mommy, mommy over the. It was how much crazy. money? What's the Sounds like a sticky situation. Back? Oh, it was like the all the money for the whole night. If you had to estimate. Because I like conversations. Oh, like Nico loves money talk. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I love I mean, money talk. Glad to have you ago. here, She's Amelia. like, I left upstairs with X amount, but when I walked through the actual booth, I ended up with change. It's so yeah. weird. <laughs> so weird. Uh, no, I, I, it's just so long ago, I don't remember, but probably like, you know. Well, Nico, not least- enough. They closed. Yeah, uh, I mean that, but they didn't close it for money. They closed off some other shit. Yeah, no, no. They had some crazy. Yeah, the mafia cr- took that over. Yeah, yeah. I, I, rem- so. I remember when they closed, and it, uh, it shook up the scene for a minute because Times Square Art Center had because it was Times Square Art Center by that time, mm-hmm. but they had six rooms then because they had the uh, they had like three rooms on the fourth floor mm-hmm. that they were running stuff. I know it was two rooms on the fourth floor. Then they had uh, three rooms on the fourth floor and then one room on like a few steps down. So it was four. Right. But there was one <laughs> more room that was kind of like a theater that um, and it wasn't that big. Excuse me. <clears throat> where like if you wanted to watch movies or something like that, you could. They had a projector and all that. Oh, that shit. was new. OK. <clears throat> Pardon Wait, me. I have a bit of a cold. We got to get Lauren Drink here. Drink your tea, again. man. Tea? Yeah. Damn. <clears throat> so you knew Nico when you were booking Laugh Factory? No, she didn't know me. No, then. I didn't. No. I didn't, know. Around I didn't even know Matt. I didn't know Matt Richards. Like, Matt came right after I had left. Okay. Mm-hmm. We we were under the, um, oh, my God, what is that guy's name? Shit. I forgot, but skinny. Dennis. Dennis. We were under that regime, and Matt before anybody. You know what I mean? I remember when I came to Times Square Center, Matt was the king of that shit. Yeah. Performing on every show. Yeah. And that's back when we had that nickname, Tricks. That sounds like Matt. Tricks? Uh-huh. T-R-I-X-X. Ew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Well, well, I knew Matt when he would still do like magic. Oh, is that why? What do you mean still do magic? Ma- magic mm-hmm. Matt still does magic. Yeah. <laughs> he but still I, carries I, those cards bro, around. I've seen that dude hypnotize women, and I'm not talking about like on some playful shit. I mean like full on hypnotize, shake your leg like this in Laugh Lounge. He did a, he what? did his magic he did his magic show. These weren't plants. You know what I mean? He told this one lady to get on stage and go to sleep, and I swear to God, she now, when you see someone doing something like that, do you ever think to yourself when you were younger? You're still young, but when you were yeah. 15, like, man, I need a gimmick. I need something uh, no, like no, that. No, no, because I would get mad if it didn't work. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, you see how I treated him just for saying that I didn't show up, you know what I'm saying, two weeks ago. So if I try to make you fall asleep and then you don't fall asleep, I'm going to have a lot of coarse words that <laughs> might end us up in a fight. So if we saw a footage, if we saw a footage, because I feel like – I feel like some comics, mm-hmm. it's almost like wrestling in that, you know, wrestlers, they, they go through different characters. Oh, yeah. I, and then I they, had a stage name. Uh, oh, I had a stage comics, name. Comics, yeah. what was your stage name? but a lot oh, of comics are the same. <laughs> a lot of comics, no, you got, wait, hold on. A lot of comics are the <laughs> We're same. We're coming back to that. Like if you, a comics will go through that kind of. Sticky stage? Sh- yeah, like yeah. The, the characters. They're, they're trying to find or, their voice. Yeah, 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 and then you, they finally find you, it. You try and to find good. a voice. A lot of times, you come out and you're just not who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the to keep the relation with wrestling is like the most popular wrestlers, like 
their character wise is just themselves yeah. cranked up to 11. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is The Rock. Yeah. yeah. You know, that that was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like that's who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's added, you know, for show. How, yeah. But that's the same thing as comedians. Like yeah. you were, yeah. But you know, How do you feel about sticky stuff though? Uh, I mean, it 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 de- I mean, it depends. It, it's got to be authentic. I mean, I feel like a shtick. Okay, for example, let's take Joe Mackey for example. You know, Joe. You know, he has the voice. He but it's when his, you that's first how he talks in real that's life. That's what I'm saying. It is. When yeah. you fir- but when I remember Joe when he was doing late night the strip, I'm sure as Nico would. And Joe now he's so sharp with everything. Yeah. He's just a killer. But yeah. back then, Joe wasn't what i mean he was working it out he was finding that voice and people would be like what's he doing is that really him is it not him now he's someone again it's not a shtick Mm -hmm. if you didn't know joe you think he was but back then it felt like a shtick because it wasn't that because it was so different it was Mm -hmm. so yeah so i guess my point is is like it's got to be authentic so Mm -hmm. shticks are never going to work in my view Mm -hmm. it's got to be an authentic type of thing so when matt pulls out his magic stuff Matt's not being – he's not trying to be, like, oh, yeah, it was, sticky it, with it. It, was, you know? it wasn't an escape from him because it was a separate show. It wasn't an escape from his stand-up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just didn't – I had never met a black magician, <laughs> like, in in real life. That's how I was friends with. But, like, to what you said about Joe Mackey, I remember I first met Joe at the open mics to stand-up New York. And I, I, I was convinced that he didn't talk like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I had it in my mind. I was like, there's no way he really sounds like a Muppet because he had sound like a Muppet to me. And then every time I would see him, like, oh, what's up, Sailor? And I'm like, <laughs> there's that's no- a great Joe Mackey. <laughs> there's- <laughs> hey, Sailor. There's, there's no way that this man really speaks like this. But I, you know how you watch people when he was on his phone, and there used to be a spot called Cozy that was right next to uh, Stand Up New York. And I had on my hoodie, I, all my clothes were like way too big for me back then. But he didn't see me standing behind him. And when he was talking, I was like, Oh shit, he's on his phone. Let me see if I can catch this motherfucker using his real voice. And whoever he was talking to, he was like, Oh, hey, Sailor. I was like, Oh shit, it's not an act. And I had so I had respected him already because I thought he was one of the best writers that I'd ever seen. Yeah. But like when I found out that was his real voice, my respect went up for him like 10 notches because it's like, you you got to embrace that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's I'm like, sure it took him a long time to embrace it. Who knows? But yeah. it's like, that's something that you got because you know people made fun of you because of that type of shit. But at a certain point, you decide like, yeah, well, you lean into that. it. Right, this is my voice and I got to live oh, with it. Oh, listen, if you go back to some, like go back to comedians like social media like eight years ago, mm-hmm. it's a trip. Like even take Rosebud. Like mm-hmm. Rosebud, when she, she she talks about when she used to do improv, she was like a different person, yeah, huh. you know. But now she is in her own self. This is who she is. Right. If, it, if you look at James Madden, man, I don't see pictures of Madden when he was oh Mad Dog. Oh my Mad god, Mad Dog. Dog. Mad First of all, I have tried to research these goddamn pictures so bad because he, when he was trying to get spots when I was booking, and I thought he was the ultimate creep. He looked fucking crazy. Shout out to James Madden. <laughs> hey, baby. But, yeah. but now he looks like normal. And it's so it's 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 actually he really. Took, he just took off the fedora. Yeah, That's no, all it was. no. Trimmed up Nico, that goatee. He had hair down to here. There was oh, nothing up here. That's right. And it just, that's right. He had the long hair. And it was hair. just long, crazy hair. And gotcha. he just And he just walked around like a creep. And everyone's like, yeah, you should give this guy a chance. And I was like, nah, bro. You know, <laughs> you know who else like just evolved into like obviously a killer comic now mm-hmm. but uh nori davis way back in the day mm-hmm. oh nori nori nori, nori ain't looks changed. the same he hasn't changed. Nori was on, i'm pretty Shit, nor, nori sure, aged sure backwards nori was saying? on uh your mama mm-hmm. and nori, that was and that was a gimmick was. and that was just that's not who nori is no, now. No, nori's changed in that i remember when nori first mm. came out he was definitely more high energy like yeah. he was almost like kind of like trying to find his way that way now he's mm. very like you know he He's more kind nah, of. Nah, I'm, ch- I'm gonna disagree with y'all. Nori hasn't changed at all. No, no, I don't think he's changed. I think Nori's always been Nori. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, I'm talking like Madden is like he like he's like a wrestler in that he was like someone else. Mm-hmm. Now he's doing. The, I mean, he's still the same person, but mm-hmm. he went through like this whole arc. Well, right? he had he had the Mad Dog Madden, which was one of my favorite names. Like I would. <laughs> I that was Emilio's phone, by the way. Right. Didn't turn on silent. I used to love when I would bring him to stage just because I loved saying that name. You know what I'm saying? Mad, Mad Dog? Mad Dog Matter. Yeah. Put your hands together, ladies and gentlemen, for Mad Dog Matter. Wait, so you're uh, saying you had you had a, you had like a little yeah, thing, let's too? Go back yeah, to I had this. a stage name. When I was, um, because you got to remember, I was doing this in high school, and I didn't know that you couldn't, I didn't know you didn't have, I thought you had to have one. 
You know what I mean? So mm. I was like, well, shit, what would mine be? Because I was like, I really like Nico White, but I need something to come before that. And I will watch the Kings of Comedy on loop <laughs> on my um, PlayStation 2. So I was like, huh, Bernie Mac's my hero. So let's go the Junior King of Comedy. And I would have the Junior say, King of Comedy? Nico White. And <laughs> Yeah, Nico White sounds like a stage name. Yeah. yeah. It kind of does. I know, but I had to find that out later. I thought you had to make the name longer. You know what I'm okay. saying? For it to really matter. And can you imagine being at open mics, making motherfuckers say that name to bring you up? The Junior King of Comedy, mic. Nico White. Go when die. did you drop the Junior King of Comedy, Nico? I did, um, I had done a bringer show at the Times Square Arts Center. And my boy Pudge Fernandez came up to me. He was like, you don't need the name. He said, Nico White is your real name, right? I said, yeah. He said, it's three syllables. It's fucking great. Just go with that. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And that was it. It's memorable, yeah. Yeah. But so how, do you I'm still sorry. have a little spot in your heart for the Junior King of Comedy, though? It's all in my um subconscious now. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? I don't got to say it. I wear it on my heart. Yeah. I mean. How did you manage to get on stage at 14? Um, I did it in school for three days a week, right? That's how I was able to build confidence. And then when I started to come out to the open mic, because the open mic scene in New York, I feel sorry for comedians to start on the open mic scene in New York directly. Because if I had started there, I wouldn't have any confidence. I'd be one of these fucking betas with my head down all the time. But I started in school, fucking had my confidence. And my teacher was like, have you ever done an open mic? I said, I don't know what that is. I thought you had to go to college to do um, this stuff. And, and you, were, you were 14 at this time? Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, well, you go, they'll put you on stage, and they like you, they'll, you know, they'll have you come work the place. I said, okay, cool. So I didn't have a computer, I didn't have cable or anything like that, so I went to the Children's Aid Society around the corner, which was like a community center for us. Mm -hmm. So I went over there, and I looked up open mics in New York City, and Bad Slava's list came up. So it was a... Monday. Man, Batslava's been around forever. For I don't know who that time. is. Batslava is a list where it just has all the open mics. Yeah. And I think ah. it's after, is it, I think it's named after I think it's, it's a guy. It's named after Slava. a guy that used to be yeah. I think he used to be in New York. Yeah. yeah. So God bless that dude. He's uh he's responsible for a lot of uh comedians good and bad whether he knows it or Finding not. Finding places <laughs> to do open mics and yep. perform. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's great. So I looked up um I looked them up <laughs> and I saw Stand Up New York was on Wednesday and I saw that Ha was on Tuesday so I went to Ha and I tried it and I bombed it was my first time bombing I didn't know um you could do comedy that bad and but they don't have age restrictions huh on open mics like it's not like I was telling them my age I never yeah. really looked um uh, my age I, mean, oh, that's look, I did see pictures you did look very like I don't manly. think a lot of open yeah. mics were very policed anyway it's like yeah do you, do you have three dollars or five dollars right. or whatever it was back and then. it's not like you had to buy a drink if you're doing the open mic at a okay. club so I would go in and I did my time and it didn't work and I was like, oh well, it'll never be that bad again. So I went to Stan New York the next day and I would still do it three times in school, then come out and do two or three mics tonight and start getting on shows. What do you mean you did it at school? Me. Like in the cafeteria? Would you stand up and no. be like so we had see a like lot talent of shows and stuff? That I did all those. But um I guess they don't do this at a lot of schools. We had what's called advisory class, right? So that was like a chill period almost. So our teacher, Ms. Richardson, first day of school, she asked anybody have a talent. And this girl went up, she sung a song, and I'm sitting there, and something in my head was like, go tell jokes. So I raised my hand and went up. I did like five minutes, and it worked. Now, were these jokes that like you just had jokes like that people told you about that were funny, or these were your own? My, you actually had your own jokes? Just my own thoughts. It was uh, me talking about the teachers that I didn't like. And, <laughs> I'm sure they love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I, it wasn't Miss Richardson. Oh, I love okay. Miss Richardson. But Miss Kesri was allergic to chalk, you know what I'm saying? And she would have these like red marks on her hands. And the punchline was something, something, something. She looks like she's uppercutting cactuses. And <laughs> fucking, yeah, got to laugh this many years later. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, and white people. So not too different from my subject matter now. <laughs> and it worked. Whatever that was, it worked. And we would have advisory three times a week. So three times a week, I would go up. And then me and my boy Rodney, we would do a show at lunchtime once a month. And according to Mr. Chernigoff, it was... Uh, we had a better attendance record than any first period class. <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. Two milk I, minimum. I, yeah, huh? I envy so much when kids know what they want to do at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Like, my, my nephew plays hockey. He's obsessed, and he knows. he's He's got it mapped out how 
at what age he's going to do this and be in the NHL and da 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 da. And I'm like, oh God. God I, mean, it's good I feel to bad for him when he like finds that. out NHL ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. oh. It's going to happen. You got to know, know, Rachel. You got to be able to bend, though. <laughs> you know, I think it's great to know, but I also think there's something cool about not knowing, you know? Yeah. About just like, you know what? You know, you just kind of. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, right. You know, let's let's let, let you know because then it's not. I get it because I grew up. I grew up in a background where most people had it mapped out, and a lot of those people are miserable. Yeah, and I didn't have it mapped but out. Ma- not mapped out like as for your parents mapping out your life. I'm talking about like when you know inherently, like at after, a young age, after what you, you try. Yeah, because I found I found this on accident. So you legit. You legit, I mean, comedy was, you grew up in comedy. Yeah. I mean, you were 14 years old. Think about how pre- impressionable you are. When yeah. you're, I mean, Nick, you're 37. You're I'm still 30, impressionable. I'm 37. I, mean, I still don't, I don't have any map out of anything I want to do, <laughs> but I'm doing okay. I mean, I, right. wanna, I just want to, I want to go back to this. And maybe this is something we talk about after the podcast, but that story right there of you performing in school, mm-hmm. like that's a Showtime series. Yeah. I mean, I'm down I mean, That's to an make idea it. that we should be pitching. That was a good you, idea. You, You're who right. Do you know him? Uh oh, Nico. Now, you, now Nick's going to start. Nick, Nick pitches ideas. Nick mm. Nick literally will look at us <laughs> and stop saying them live on Nick podcast. Will do. Mm-hmm. Nick will say, "Guys, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. There should be like a way to like a search engine mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. where you type something in and it has all this information. <laughs> We're like, yeah, Nick, he that's called Google. Google. He's yeah. like, all right. He goes, how about this? <laughs> what? What if you're home and you're hungry? <laughs> we need a way want, to get y'all food and you want food. But you can't I'm go like get finish. food. What seamless? <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Okay. One more. None I don't want to. I don't want to wait for a car. Okay. <laughs> I need to go somewhere. I can't Uber. Damn. So, <laughs> Nick, Nick, I'm on your side. Yeah. You know what okay, I mean. Okay. So when me and Nico are pitching this idea, yes. the showtime. Yeah, you're pitching it to me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to, to pitch it to show. I'm kidding. Just Here, here's what we gonna do though. We gonna go. We gonna erase all that from the podcast because. Uh, <laughs> I know you bitch ass comedian. Hold on, so. I know how to raise it. Guys, Ozzy's been shot again. Oh my god, <laughs> oh god. no. We need more Ozzy. Oh, I'm not going there with y'all, you know? I'm letting y'all go to hell on your own. Oh. But I don't mean to cut you. I because I look, I mean, I've known Nico's done comedy since he was 14 forever. I met Nico a long time ago. But um but you but I'm just it's really sinking in now. You grew up in comedy clubs you grew yeah. up with comedians yeah you've seen a lot in like 11 years as a young person i mean your mind has been molded yeah. by people in comedy mm-hmm. and you think i mean i don't know what is that a good thing is that a bad thing it's it's, it's <laughs> um it's the thing like I, I don't know how to explain it it's not i don't know if it's good or bad i can say this as far as being impressionable it um i feel like you're not though but I, that's what i was going to get into it's it took a Look, when I started, a lot of people didn't like me, right? And it wasn't because of the type of person I was or anything like that. But you got to understand, they were all older than me, right? Mm -hmm. So they're all older than me. I walk into a room. I'm not particularly, I'm not not confident. You know what I'm saying? I'm not down on myself. And you'll notice something with a lot of comedians is that when, when we're all broke, there's some people that really hate motherfuckers that have confidence in themselves. It's like, what have you done to earn this um, feeling about you? But I come from a place where if you weren't confident, mm-hmm. you were going to get shat upon. It's like, you better learn like all your qualities that you might be weird about. Like for me, I had the fuck, because I got the space in my teeth. I was weird about the lisp. You know what I mean? But after fucking getting made fun of by people that can beat you up about it, you learn to either accept it and how to talk back. So you got the people that were older than me that would try to talk down to me. And it's like, oh, no, see, my parents are older than your parents. You yeah. know what I mean? So the wisdom that I got from them is more than the wisdom you got from yours. And no, you can't just speak to me that way. Yeah. So it made me very direct with some people. And then, and this is a bit uh, braggadocious, but fuck these people. Um, all the mm-hmm. ones that were mean, because I would get this a lot. Oh, you won't be here but for two weeks. You'll be here for two weeks. And all of them have subsequently quit. <laughs> <laughs> you bitches. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I grew up in comedy clubs. Nico is by far one of the most mature comics I've ever met. He's younger than everyone. He's 25 going on 40. We always say all the time. I mean, we don't need to say 40 like it's old. (laughs) 40 is seasoned. Seasoned. 40 is the new 25. And I mean, do you, I mean, do you think there's a lot of politics in in comedy or do you, or Uh, you play into that? Do you try not to play into that? Do you, I I, I don't, I don't know if, um, I I think it's one of those things where it's like, whether you want to be or not, you're, we all fall into 
into it. You know what I mean? And it's a matter of how you politic and what kind of person are you? Like, I've always been very direct. I've always had very simple people respects. If I walk into a room and you're in the room, I'll speak to you. You know what I mean? If I'm leaving the room and you're in the room, I'll speak to you. I've never been I've never been rude. You know what I mean? There's no story as me being a complete asshole to anybody that's on staff. I've never been um I'm pretty fair. I treat everybody mm-hmm. the same. Like if you were a comedian starting out, I'ma treat you the same as I'll treat somebody that I've known for years. So I think it's stuff like that to help with the politics of everything. But most people that like me like me because of how I am. You know what I mean? Not who I am. Because that part is um how you say superfluous it doesn't matter because you could be something but you can only be that but for so long type person you are usually stay that guy Mm -hmm. you get better or worse but usually you are who you are before you get there i mean i tell him all the time i'm like the reason i respect you so much is that he has no filter Mm -hmm. there's no there's no bullshit there's no like he'll tell you exactly what he means and and that's it like you don't have to wonder with Nico right. about who he is, what he stands for, right. like if he'll have your back, that kind of stuff. And you don't, you don't but really I, see but that. But I think to go along with that uh, and what Nico is saying is that he's also not the type of guy that walks into a room and be like, hey, let me tell you how I really feel about you. Mm. Like if you, if you ask if you him, ask, he'll yes. tell you. If you ask. If, if you, you ask. Yeah, but he's not, he's not walking around and be like, you know what? You suck. Or like, if, you tra- like if you trespass against me, I'm the type of person, if you give me the energy, I can return it tenfold. You know what I mean? But I don't look for that. Because who who the fuck wants that? We tell jokes. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you're rude to people, you might have to fight somebody. So what, what's a, if a 14 year old mm-hmm. walked into the clubs now? Mm-hmm. What would what would your opinion be of that as now a 25 year old mm-hmm. who's been doing it for 11 years? Uh, and 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 what advantage or disadvantage does that 14 year old now have? Well, you got a couple things depending on the type of person you are. One, if you're a, I, I like to think that I was a sponge, and I who if you gave me advice and it was comedy related, I would listen to you, right? And I absorbed a lot watching guys like Mike Yard, Donnell Rollins. Mike Yard and Donnell Rollins in particular, right? So it was teaching without ever having to say anything. So from Mike Yard, I used to do a lot of act outs. I showed you one of my old tapes. Like, I was falling on the floor the whole nine yards. Oh, you did, like, physical comedy? Yeah, I I used to watch, like, Cat Williams and all those guys. So I thought... Junior King of comedy, fallout, (laughs) act outs. He was on Def Jam. He thought he was Mr. Def Jam. Yeah. Did you hump the stool? No, I didn't hump the stool (laughs) just because the hump wasn't there yet. Which, which, you know, it's a little inside baseball, but the fact that you did laugh tracks is kind of cool because Bob Sumner's involved there. It's his show. And he was Def Jam, so it kind of comes a little full circle. Oh, that's awesome. I and didn't to, know that. to what you say about, um, you know, growing up in comedy, I met Bob Sumner when I was 17. Mm. You know what I mean? And we stayed cool. Everything he's had since then, he's always given me first look. Like, good dude. So, again, I've been able to grow with my connections and grow, you know, it, it, you plant a seed and you get to watch it grow. So the thing you said about the 14-year-old, uh, the advantages that you have is that you get to learn and see a lot young. And you get to see it early. So, like, from going to doing those big act outs and stuff like that, thinking that's how you get the energy out of a room. I would watch somebody like a Mike Yard, who's one of the best comedians I've ever seen. He'd go into a room and sit down and sit down. He's not moving at all. And he would have the same energy, but it was kinetic. He didn't move at all, and the crowd was screaming. Like this one lady, um, we were at um Uber Lounge, and it was a like a black ass room. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like they wanted motherfuckers to swing the swing off shit. Which by <laughs> like all any means, any club that ends in lounge is probably a black room, right? <laughs> oh yeah. A hundred percent. Mocha lounge. Mocha Uber lounge, Uber lounge. There's, there's, Rachel's <laughs> lounge. <laughs> oh. You had to throw that oh. in there. Well, well wow. done. Well I quit. done. <laughs> wow. I, damn. Damn. Come on, give me some dabs damn. on that. That was good. <laughs> For those who are our regular listeners, you oh know that God, we don't need to go into detail Rachel that. has a type. She no, I don't. No, I don't. And it no, usually ends with you lounge. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Emilio killing it, nigga. Yo. So I, I, I seen him go on, and I had a set where I, I thought I killed, right? So he goes on, and he sits down and proceeds to massacre this fucking room. And I'm like, oh, so you could do that? I don't got to fall down because I was the kid like if I went to a party I danced with a girl but like I wasn't stepping in the middle of the dance floor and breaking down so to see that I didn't have to do that mm-hmm. and just I could still be in my comfort zone and have the same energy as um insert whoever's falling down here that was good to see and the advantage that you have outside of being able to learn is that 
you get to really figure out who and what you are on stage. You know what I'm saying? You get to figure out how you would like to talk because you start off emulating what you think is right. And then you get to try and fail and you get to be a little stupid. There's certain mistakes you get to make because you're a 14, 15, 16 year old that you don't get to make as a grown man. You know what I mean? A grown man can't come in and say certain things certain ways because they got bass in their voice. You don't have the same bass and you're not threatening. Yeah. Mm. Um, don't get so caught up in your age because you're only going to get older. You know what I mean? It, it's only cute for a certain amount of time. I was always good with my pen putting jokes together. Always. And that hasn't changed. It's gotten better and I suck a lot less than I did then. But you also have all the confidence you'll ever need when you're that young and you're starting out. Because ain't, ain't nobody told you you ain't shit. And if they did, you obviously don't believe them. Otherwise, you wouldn't have showed up. So I think, and this has less to do with age in general, but I feel like if you start and you're that young, you have all the audacity that you need hmm. because, again, you don't know you suck. And you still have kids' dreams. As far as you know, you could be Kevin Hart tomorrow and you approach everything with that type of um, attitude. Then as you get more experience, you lose some of that, whatever that is, right? And your skill gets better, but you lost your fucking, you lost your spirit. Mm. So the closer you can stay to the spirit that you had when you started and then add on the skill as time goes on, the better you'll be. So is, is being a comedian, uh, you know, being that 14 year old wanting to be a comic and pursuing it. Is it, is it everything you thought it would be? What's, what, what is, what's, what's been hmm. different? You what's know? been different? Like, for example, like people will ask me, you know, mm-hmm. what, what's it like to own a club? Yeah. And I'll say it's actually a lot different than I thought because mm-hmm. I did not. different than you thought? Well, I didn't realize how much of a real community this was. Uh. You know, like, like it, there's so much, you know, when Scott and I did this, we're like, we, we promoted so many places um, with owners. And I'm not just talking about comedy. I'm talking about whether it was a bar, a restaurant, with owners that we, what gave us confidence was we promote so many places that these guys don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Nick knows this because we he's been with us promoting some of these places. And we're like, if these guys can run a venue, right. why the fuck can't we? You know, like we are organized, we're on top of shit, or at least we try to be organized on top of it. But, you know, if they can do it, we can do it. Mm-hmm. The thing that, and I remember when we first um, took over, Jamie Roberts was like, get ready to be everybody's best friend because you're booking the club. Everyone's yeah. going to be hitting you up, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, hey, it'll be fine. And I just didn't realize, again, how much of a community it was. And that, that, that's been my most pleasant and awesome surprise because we came from the promotion side of stuff. Yeah. We weren't as hands-on and producing and booking. Like, again, most of these guys, Nico, Ricky, Mike, Cannon, all these guys, they didn't really know us back in. We've been mm-hmm. doing this since 2004. Right. They didn't know us. The only people who knew us were the guys at the strip because we promoted the strip. It wasn't until 2012 when people were like, and you know, we started booking and producing and all that. So it's the community aspect of it. It's when it's when again something happens to an Oz or Kyle Grooms is sick or how everyone rallies around each other. You know, oh, when I see them GoFundMe's, I'll be honest with you, I don't cry often. But you know how Aww. like oh I cry like and I don't like baby. and I don't like I don't like ask I don't like go Kickstarters GoFundMe's mm-hmm. for the most part GoFundMe's different than Kickstarter mm-hmm. Kickstarter kind of annoys me Kickstarter is annoying but GoFundMe's people don't usually do that unless they need them. yes yes you know what I mean but that's to the uh, community thing you can say what you want and like and one more thing for in like yeah. Montreal yeah like JFL mm-hmm. for those of you who've never been. It is amazing. Like, yeah. you know, and, and don't get me wrong. If you're a comic and you haven't gotten in JFL, it's not the end of the world. You're still going to be uberly successful. But going there is no, no, no. You know, hey, you're laughing. But I mean, it doesn't it doesn't define <laughs> you as a comic. Maybe like it did 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're going to go there and walk out with a sitcom like you may have 30 years ago. Right. But the experience of it, what it is, it is. And it for me, when I first went there, I was like, oh, man, like this. It's like almost like a convention. Yeah, it's like that's what I, the impression we are that I get, part of this been. thing. It's 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 com, it's comedy's prom. You're not just alone. Like you really are part of this thing. It's it's comedy's prom. You you really get to see how uh, close you are because you'll walk in a room and it's like, oh shit, that's Kevin Hart. Oh shit, that's Dave Chappelle. And oh shit, it's me. Like you're all a part of this thing, no yeah. matter how close you think you are, how far you are, and no one's tugging at them. Yep. No one's bothering them. Oh, five minutes already? Ah, fuck it. We can talk a little longer. When yeah, you go, let's when talk to. longer. Wait, so when you go anyway. So to I'm answer the, the answer the question I asked you, yeah, what what is the been the biggest difference? The biggest difference is um from what I thought dealing with the quote unquote industry would be to what it is, right? 
Because people will make these phantoms out for you about what our industry is. Mm -hmm. And you'll realize as you get old and you actually start dealing with the industry is that the people that was talking to you and telling you how evil the industry is never meant the industry. Because they weren't talking to the people that were in the suits and stuff like that. Most of the people I met in the industry had been nice enough to either be like just cool or nice enough to be indifferent, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So... I don't. I've, I haven't met too many industry people. Where I go, oh, that person's a complete asshole. It's not many like that. I'll meet more people that are on the low levels of shit than the jackasses. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I thought that by this time there would be a lot more like that. I can tour a lot more. You know what I mean? But I'm satisfied with how it is. Like a lot of people don't get to do that because it may. I this one thing I did a long time ago. Uh, my pops like figure out what success means, right? And I think that's what makes a lot of people bitter because they don't know what success means to them. For some people, they want to be as big as you know Kevin Hart. For some people, they just want to be able to fucking support put their, themselves, yeah. right? Support themselves. So for me, I figured out what my at least was, and I've been able to surpass that by far. You know what I'm saying? And you still have such a long way to go. Well, right, and yeah. that's the beauty of it, and. I didn't know I would be as, uh, this might sound crazy. No, I don't think it does. I didn't know I would have the respect that I have, if that makes sense. Well, that's yeah. how you conduct yourself, too. That's not just the comedy, but it really is mm -hmm. how you conduct yourself as a person. Mm -hmm. You know, again, you're, you're, you're much uh, wiser beyond your years. But the same question for you, Rach. You know, what I love about comedy, too, is whether you are a server, whether you're the person at the, the hostess, mm -hmm. whether you're the bar back, whether you're the booker, mm -hmm. you are a vital part of this whole kind of machine that is comedy. You know, a, a staff member is super important. That staff member is making the comedians feel welcome. It's making the uh, audience feel welcome. You know, even you, Nick, you've been in comedy, you know, through the promotion side, you're doing all the stuff in the office. I mean, for you guys, what I mean, you, Nick, you're somebody who's a comic. You know, who hasn't done stand-up in a while, but you're still, nonetheless, got into this because you wanted to be a stand-up comic. I'm curious what you you both think, like, in terms of, as like... As far as what, though? Like it, just, what's been the biggest surprise for you guys in terms of being part of comedy, you know, well, in I mean, comedy? This is, this is my third club, and I've told you, you know, I, I've... Wait, Laugh like, Factory and what else? Uh, Caroline's. Oh, that's I was right. Caroline's for Caroline. two years first, and... We yeah, so you are, you are, I mean, look, you are... A, part of the fabric of comedy once you start you don't leave yeah. i guess like you do you kind of get this like whole and i took a break mm -hmm. took like a like a six or seven year break to the point where you this whole six or seven year break yeah, yeah. but was... nothing even really even makes sense to you though like all, all i don't know man I, I, everybody i've seen that like started in yeah. this has not left they all they all come back what did you do for the six seven years i worked uptown at like nightclubs and stuff mm-hmm like a like because remember when I first started working here, you were like, well, why aren't you booking? Mm -hmm. And like the thing is, like, she was like, really? Should I? Can <laughs> I? <laughs> well, I tried. Yeah. So when Levity Live opened uh, the one in the Palisades in Nyack, mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, that's a new club because, you know, bookers, they die at these clubs like SD's yeah. been there for like, what, 25, 30 years. Like Since most 83, bookers, yeah, like, whatever. Bookers don't just leave. Like, they're, like, part of the fabric, usually, yes. of that club. Yes. So, like, that was a new club. So, I went there, and I, like, I went with the purpose of... Because at Laugh Factory, I worked my way up. I was there for five years. I did everything there, and I worked my way up to booking and managing. And then when I went to Levity, they were like, well, we have, like, two other people that are kind of in line to, like, train as bookers. And I was like... So I worked there one day as a waitress, and I remember I was in the kitchen, and Joe Matarese walks in. He's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hey. He's like, so he looks at me. He's like, you're waitressing? And I was like, I quit that day. Oh, like, my shit. pride couldn't handle it because I felt like I was starting at the bottom again. You right. felt like you were taking a step back. Yeah, like a huge step down. And mm -hmm. the thing is, it's like there was so much responsibility. There was so much headaches that came along with managing and booking and I loved it and I learned so much. It would be just like, it, I, I, it just wasn't like what I was that passionate about. Right. You know what I mean? And this is obviously, I don't want, like I love bartending at this club because I love you guys. Mm -hmm. But like, obviously I want more. I love getting to do the podcast here. Yeah. Um, I've never met, like we were talking about last week on the podcast about energies of different like clubs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the energy at this one is so light. 
Yeah. Like, you know, you like walk into most clubs and it's like so heavy and like mm-hmm. dark or there's just like a weird kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. But with this, like and a lot of the comics talk about you and Scott that there's no other owners that actually want you to succeed. Oh, uh, we're going to flatter them want... right here in front of them. No, you know, I mean, Rachel loves fly. I appreciate it. But no, it's, but not, it's, it's not, the I mean, truth. I wouldn't just not... blow smoke up his butt. But like, oh, it's yeah. not means it's everyone, really. I mean, Scott and I aren't there that uh, as much no, as we want to be. Look but... at that club that's no longer here, like how they used to cut comics off mm-hmm. if they would come and perform at New York yeah, yeah. or at any other club. Like, yeah. it's like, why would you try to stifle if you care about your talent and you're managing this talent? Like, let them. Yeah. You yeah, need the, you need the comedy ecosystem to be a thing. Yeah, like the more successful comedy rooms, the more successful comedians, and then that means more people are spending money on comedy. We all win. Well, Nick, you had a similar ride then as Rachel. You were you were involved in the promotion side. Then you went and worked at Johnny Utah's, and now you're back wow. in comedy. Yeah, you say like, Utah's for you. That's where he met his girl Claudia. But now you're back, right? So I don't know. Like you were a comic or want to be a comic. I think in your grand your grand vision of who you want to be is a comedian, right? Or a personality. Yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, stand-up comedy dream is that ship has sailed. Like I don't, I, I, cause it's, it, cause it's hard and it takes a lot of work and I don't have the time nor the effort to want to put in that work. So it wouldn't be fair for me to be like, uh, I think I can still do stand-up. No, but I still want to be funny. I still want to, I still want to write jokes. I still want to perform. You know, I enjoy this podcast. You know, I mean, it, nothing would make me happier if Nico was like, hey, man, you got an idea for this joke. And I gave him an idea. And he's like, I'm going to use that. That's it. I, that's, I'm in. You know, like that's me making it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, as, you know, as a writer, I got See, my own things. Yeah, you know, figure out what success means. Uh, exactly. And I'm glad that we're bringing that up because that was refreshing to hear from you is because mm-hmm. I know so many comics that their level of success mm-hmm. will constantly change mm-hmm. and you should always continuously want to better yourself yeah. like at first i just want to be able to pay the bills by doing comedy mm-hmm. then you start doing that and you're not happy right because your friends got a netflix special and you mm-hmm. didn't or they got comedy central and you didn't so now you're miserable and like well i want comedy central mm-hmm. then you get comedy central and then you're not happy because everyone else is doing this and it's like but another thing and I, I hate to cut you off another thing people have to realize about that stuff is that it'll get there yeah, you know what I mean, it'll get there. Everybody's path is different, mm-hmm. right? and that's what I learned. And to come back to what Amelia was asking me, he's like, my path is different. I thought moving to New York and becoming a stand-up comic was my path. Mm-hmm. I realized it wasn't, mm-hmm. but I also realized that yes, I want to be in some sort of comedy entertaining field. Yeah, and I have not stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my path is different. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go, but I got to stop comparing myself to everybody else because it's my journey, not yours. Right. And what I really like about comedy too, and this is for you too, Rachel, I think good, important for you to know, is the cool thing that I see about comedy is that you can be a waitress or a bartender at a club, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, three weeks later, you could be booking a major TV show. And that's the part <laughs> that people need I mean, to really understand. Because again, the same people that you see start I've I've seen legit. It has to be at least twenty of them that have started as uh, the hostess or something like that. And then I'll go over to True TV and be like, "Hold on, wait, hey, yeah. look at you. When did yeah. you, when did you start here?" Or like, there's there's a uh, Sachi. Uh, I don't know how to say her last name. I think it's Urza. But I met her on um, Hip Hop Squares years ago when I was doing warm up for that show. And then next thing you know, she's the head of Seriously TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now I don't know I don't know where she is now, but they started from the bottom. I met Becky um Rats fan when she I hope I said it right, when she was a uh, waitress yeah. at Stand Up New York. Well, cuz it makes sense. And they're she's in the a room. manager You're in the room yeah. 90% of the time, you yeah. know. Also yeah. uh lesson learned is be nice to everybody cuz you don't know right. who they're yeah. you don't know who they are. You but don't know by, who they by, know. But and by that same token also be nice to the comedians because sometimes what you'll get is that you'll get people that start cuz it's not just us. Like you said it's the ecosystem, yeah. right? So we we can we can be polite as much as we want to be but on on every side don't let your position go to your head because we need each other. You know what I mean? So there's also people that you'll see start and you'll be like, yeah, I remember them from so-and-so. And then when you go to speak to them as the years go on, they'll look at you like they don't know you. And it's like, well, that's, that's a little weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. It's a house of cards, man, because one little piece falls, it can all fall. Yeah. yeah. For real. Like, yeah. for real. No, I don't, like, again, like, 
you know, as hot of a club, my, if a club is hot, mm-hmm. you know, all it takes is all it takes is the audience not to want to go there anymore Shit. for whatever reason, or or a comic roof to fall, yeah, in. or the landlord yeah. to say this, or or whatever. You just never know what's going to happen. I mean, it is. I, Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no, because I was going to, because I want to ask Nico two questions. I know we're going to wrap it up soon, but I want to ask him two things. No, go ahead. It was nothing. It was just bouncing off of what you said. (laughs) Uh, Nico, I would like to know what has it been like hosting (laughs) the roast battle? Um, Roast Battle has said, I'm going to be honest. Hold on. Before you answer it, uh-huh. it's every two weeks, so mm-hmm. you make that commitment every two weeks to be there. This yeah. is, this is, is a subtle is, plug for the is, show, by the way. It is a grueling mm-hmm. uh, show to host. Yes. You know, when I watch you, and, and you know it's grueling because you're always asking me to not have six judges and to yes. cut this, cut that, <laughs> and you're dealing with Yamanika 90% of the time, who's a force, <laughs> and you're dealing with the, the you're dealing, you are dealing, you know, Rail Battle, who's co-creator of the show, we did the show in Connecticut, and I I was like, you know, Rel, no matter what, I've never seen this show be bad. It's always good. And he goes, because there's too many elements to make it. It can't not be good. Mm-hmm. But if, if the battle's not good, the judges are good. If the judges aren't good, the battle's good. You got the host. And I'm like, and I've thought about when he said, I go, man, the host of that show is dealing with a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah. So what has it been like hosting a show like that? Well, first of all, I'm going to disagree with Rel. Uh, 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 okay. And I, I, like ha- I hate to do that on um, the podcast, but... It's it's not as much that as it is the synergy of everybody. You know what I mean? When he goes, it can't be bad if the battles. Are, no, if the battles are bad and the judges are pissed that the battle is bad, yeah. and then the audience is pissed that the battles are bad, it could definitely go haywire. The beauty of it is we're fortunate enough to have very talented people doing all three of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, what's it like hosting roast battle? It's a, what's the word, myriad of emotions? You know what I mean? Myriad. 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 Yeah, it's a myriad. It's a plethora of emotions (laughs) because I, I, I go through a lot. Having because I've been hosting it for how long now? Like, over a year. Over a year. Have no. you ever? No, over two years. Roasted? Over two years. No, I, I'm not roasting because you bring up my grandma. I'm punching you in your fucking. We, <laughs> we have had we have had five hosts of the show. Really, mm-hmm. three that are the main, mm-hmm. and then we had Akash and Crin that would fill in. Mm-hmm. But it went from Rel to Matt to you. You have been the host the longest. Yeah. So you say that maybe three, maybe definitely over two years. Definitely, I think it's going on three. Maybe. Yeah. So having said that, it's a it's a it's a plethora of emotions. There's a part of me that's like, okay, I'm excited. You do the first spot. Okay, cool. Now we get in the Rose Bound. And it's like sometimes because of how it's booked, I'll go, ugh, you again? <laughs> like, yo, why? 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 And then I'm, I'm a stickler about who I deal with. You know what I'm saying? Like when it's me and the captain, I'm usually easy. You know what I'm saying? I, I like talking to the captain. But with who he Wait, got me dealing with now. Who's the captain? I'm the Emilio. captain. I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now. I call I call Emilio captain until he does African accents. But <laughs> fuck my yeah. bad. That's the name of the podcast. That, I'm the captain now. By that, that was fucked up for me. Is that racist? Oh Jesus! Yes, all yeah. the way. You can do an Italian accent. One hundred percent. I can't. I can't muster one. Y'all sound disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> fucking. I I like dealing with um Emilio. I don't necessarily, and I don't dislike dealing with who I'm dealing with now, but it's like, nigga, don't talk to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm mad you have my number. You know what I'm saying? Who are you dealing with now? I, don't, I ain't giving names, but y'all know. Anyway. Jimmy Fonz, he's the best. Anyway. It's not It's not that he's not, but it's like, what I loved about Roast Battle when I came in was that it felt very much homegrown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The kids had a spot to play. The fucking pros had a spot to play everybody had the spot to play and now i feel like it's too much of the children running the asylum and it's kind of getting to them a little yeah, bit. yeah well that you know no for sure but you know that's that's always been what roast battle was meant to be you know i think i think mm-hmm. the, it's got to be about the young comics they got to feel I agree, like but you asked me how it. i feel yeah yeah no sure sure of course of course of course <laughs> So just as the host of it, again, I see what it does to some egos just outside of it all. Yeah. And it's like, see, motherfucker, this is the problem is that you need to feel a little bit of what it would be like if you didn't have this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. Because this one thing, because just like you said, with comedy clubs and anything else, when it's gone, then what? So all the self-importance that I see around it, and it's like that part gets to me because it's the attitude of the comic. You know what I'm saying? The, The roasters. Some of them, 
Yeah. Some of them, man. Well, I'm be- only talking about like a very select three people. But outside of that, it's really been a great experience because you get to watch some people that you kind of sleep on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's people that it's like, oh, man, I, fuck, you're good. You know what I'm saying? That's Birdie is a shocker to me whenever he roasts because he's like the nicest guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. But he's Nico, a beast. Do you, do you enjoy what do you enjoy as a host of a roaster? Mm-hmm. The the writing of the joke itself or do you think it. do you like the performance? Do, all you, do you think like, like a, a, ba- if a guy can go up and like energize mm-hmm. the crowd because he has a different punchline? Yeah. But the joke kind of sucks. I that that part I like all of that as far as like the execution of roast battle yeah I like all that shit yeah it's got to be fun to know that you can let the ho that like the crowd can mm-hmm. let their hair down a bit yeah they can just fucking have fun they can fucking say shit well that's that's what the whole thing is like I like the people that can write a lot but I like the people to say that inside like that in the moment shit that like just destroys the room I remember one of the um oh my god uh notorious fag I forget who it was. I think it was Dave Cyrus versus somebody that was like fat and like used to rap or something like hmm. that. No, it was him and um oh my god, what's dude's name? Shit. Skinny guy. Tall, white. Skinny. Rob Ryan. Rob Ryan. Yep, it was him that and was Rob epic. Ryan. And Rob Ryan had did like a little rap song and Dave <laughs> gave it a second. It's like, everybody give a round of applause for notorious FAG. And the crowd <laughs> went apeshit. So it's like Cyrus is so good. He's a robot. It's moments. It's moments like that that I love. I love watching people come out of their shell that I might not have put that uh might not have given them credit for being able to come out of their shell like that. Maddie Smith. I remember she did roast battle. I mean, week after week would decimate motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You go, wow, who knew you had it in you? And it wasn't even close. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to watch you that think type of stuff. That's what made her get on Wild and Out. Like just that whole. I'm sure. I'm sure it. I'm sure it didn't hurt. But she a talented girl. Yeah. I'm just without saying, question all the roasts she's done, whether yeah. it was a comedy Fight Club or with us or wherever, mm-hmm. it's helped for sure. I mean, well, McCullough is the booker of oh, uh, of Wild and Out now. Oh, I didn't and know she that. She used to book, you know, the Roastmaster yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and she, see, funny so, enough, talking about somebody who came up. I met her. I don't. I forget. She was working at the stand. And she came up from there, and I think she did. Uh, she was working at, over at Comedy Central. Well, I know Amy she got was, her uh, the gig at the standing room because Amy was there. She left. They asked mm-hmm. her, you know, for, who she, if they had anyone to replace her. She mm-hmm. said McCalla. See, people only go up because she uh, was she working on this week at the cellar. I think she was, but she, she was, was also the she assistant was. for singer for JFL yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's just you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity. Well, and, and again, we gotta wrap this up soon, but that's my last question. Okay, um, hold on, wait, I didn't even finish Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. So, <laughs> to, um, to say it succinctly, because I suck at uh, being um, short with this type of stuff. As the host of Rose, but I don't think there's been anything that has caused me such little stress, you know what I mean, that I have to be, th- that I have to be there for. Because a lot of times you make commitment, and it's like, I got to go in, I got to go in, I got to go in. Whereas this is like, okay, cool, I got to go in. Mm-hmm. I wish that we didn't have like five judges sometimes in because that's <laughs> that part is annoying. But the only things that annoy me about it is that sometimes you'll get to watch some people get, it's like, okay, chill. But then I would also just like to see more black comedians do roast battle those are the only complaints i have hey Everything man I, else I would I, hey i would too there are that we they, you know the way that's most, up to them right? most, they, most comics reach out to us you know we have mm-hmm. mikey and we have vanetta will do it um we had uh, <laughs> two niggas <laughs> well we had mimi mimi um Three niggas. <laughs> in the last two seconds i named a, i'm just saying a couple niggas uh, well let's get phil hunt to do it let's get let's get let's shit. get that's what i'm saying like isn't it more let's up get eagle to, to do it because you, uh, you don't have to be passed to do roast battle, right? No. It all comes to Emilio. Here's the, no, it's, but that's the thing. It ain't been up to the captain in a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm still. You, listen, I still am involved. I, I know you're still, still around. Yeah. I'm still the captain. You, you, yeah. If he's yeah. if he makes a, if he makes an audible, we're running that play. We're running the play. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, believe me, I know. But uh, I'm but, not going to ask the last question. But anyway. Um, but I feel like, uh, as far as the current bookings of the whole thing of who you got to go through, they don't know those particular comics that I'm talking yeah. about. And those particular comics don't get to be around enough. But, but here, so there's something that has yeah. to bridge that gap. But I here, don't know what it is. Well, here we're going to wrap. But here's the thing with that. Oh, is, is Scott's that here. Jesus Christ. The comics <laughs> that are doing it, they're the ones that are willing. They want to do it. That's the thing. When I was hands-on booking it, mm-hmm. I had to like chase people down. 
Right. Like, can you oh, do wow. it? Will you do it? And they, and they would just do it because they're like, like a fear I, thing. I, I felt like a lot of people like, when am I going to say no? Like he yeah. owns the club, you know? So at least gotcha. the way it is now, it's like these guys, like they're like email. We want to do this. Like, they do one. They're like, hey, now I want to bet. So it's almost like it's coming at us versus us having to go after go and that. Go get it. Okay. Right. So it's just, it's just very different now. But anyway. All anyway right. so Nico, we'll, you've been we'll amazing. Wrap. Yeah. Uh, Nico, I need you to come back on soon. I would uh, love to I come wanted, back What on I soon. wanted to do is talk about your new podcast all about Harry Potter. Oh. Well, why didn't we? Because we, we had such a, little, a good conversation yeah, going. And now you leave the crowd wanting more. They say, uh-uh. what? Nico White's got a podcast about Harry Potter? I, I got to check that out. I do have a podcast about Harry doing. Potter. It's called the Potterhood Podcast. P-O-T-T-E-R-H-O-O-D. Podcast. With, uh, I didn't know that it was called that. Yeah, the Potterhood Podcast with me and Will Posnan. Um, We're five episodes in. You can find it online right now. Well, good. When he comes back, we'll have more to talk about. A hundred percent. But this is dope. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks you can find me here. online at my website, NicoWhite.com. It's N-E-K. O-W-H-I-T-E dot C-O-M. You can find me on Instagram, Nico White 93 That's N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-93. And you can catch me tonight and two Thursdays out in the month hosting Roast Battle at New York Comedy Club on 24th Street. Long live and goodbye. <laughs> He's got this shit down. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to This Is Not A Green Room. We are available wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, as well as the Laughable app. And wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating so that other people can find us and love us, too. You can find us online at Not A Green Room on Instagram and Twitter, and you can check out the club at New York Comedy on Twitter and NY Comedy Club on Facebook and Instagram.